Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, a staple of Louisiana kitchens for nearly 40 years. Maker of batters, coatings, boils, tartar sauce, cocktail sauce, and more. Dig into homemade Louisiana flavor. From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, this is Louisiana Eats. I'm Poppy Tooker. The beignet. That simple square of fried dough is undeniably one of the Crescent City's most famous foods. It's safe to say few visitors ever leave town without a ceremonial dusting of powdered sugar that occurs with every bite. Since the mid-19th century, the ubiquitous donut has been sold from French market stands accompanied by steaming hot cups of café au lait. 21st century chefs and restaurateurs have taken that simple fried dough to new heights, filled with ingredients both savory and sweet, and featuring them on menus far, far from home. On this week's show, we're talking with beignet makers from the classic morning call to newcomers like Mobile, Alabama's Mobe Beignets, while examining the science behind crafting that perfect fried square. So pour the cafe au lait and get ready for a heavy dusting of powdered sugar on this week's Louisiana Eats. is famous for many foods, but few compare to the beignet. While it's unclear how and when these unique square donuts originally appeared here, today they're part of the city's cultural and culinary DNA. That's thanks in no small part to Morning Call, opened by Austrian immigrant Joseph Jurisic in the French market in 1870. Offering beignets and café au lait, Morning Call remained in that location for just over a century. After four decades in Metairie and a period in City Park, Morning Call was without a home for two years. That all changed last spring with the opening of their newest spot on the corner of Canal Boulevard and City Park Avenue in Mid-City. With their iconic neon-lit sign once again beckoning beignet buffs, we thought we'd check in with Bob Hennessy, who runs Morning Call with his brother, Michael. Well, Bob, I'm so happy to talk with you about one of my favorite subjects, beignets and café au lait, or coffee and donuts for mm. many of us who grew up just calling it that. So. Take us back to the beginning and tell me how your family became affiliated with this New Orleans landmark business. Well, I was, uh, I was introduced to Morning Call when I was about 13 years old. Uh, my mom had a—she uh, actually had divorced my dad and remarried one of the owners of Morning Call. So it was basically my stepfather's grandfather that opened it 151 years ago. So as a, as a youngster, um, you know, we, we became acquainted with the business. And uh, when I got a little bit older, I started working there. 
and this was at the Metairie store. As I was going to school, I would work there for holidays and weekends, uh, fry beignets and do the dishes and, you know, just pretty much everything you could do over there and, and learn the business. Eventually, I went to college, and when I graduated from college, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. My stepdad had six of his own kids. He had a brother who was involved with the business. So we weren't sure if there was going to be a future for us, but just so happened that we things fell into place. So it's been about a 45-year journey for me so far. What is it that you believe sets your beignets off from the rest? Well, it's the recipe, first of all. First and foremost, no one has a sourdough recipe exactly like ours. I don't think anyone has a sourdough recipe. The preparation, the rolling of it by hand is something that we still do. We don't have any machinery to roll them out. Um, I, I do it old school, the way the old beignet rollers taught me how to do it, which is kind of a kind of a, a special art form that some of my beignet rollers can't get still, just the, the way that you pick the beignets up. The old guys would, would cut them in squares, and you pick them up, one on each finger, and then you shake the flour off because you don't want all the flour in the fryer. And then when we fry the beignets, we do not, like, submerge them totally under the oil like some of our competitors do. We throw them in, they pop up, we float them, and then we flip them. And the final result, when people eating these beignets and they loving it and they love the city of New Orleans, that's that's the payoff. Well, I know that you had at the Metairie store so many people right. who worked for you for so long. That's and right. you know what what's your average morning call employee like? Tell me about yeah, those special well, people. Well, they are special, and without them, we couldn't do what we do. So they're, they're essential to our success. And the, I guess the thing that I'm so proud of is that they, we have so many of them that work for me still. Uh, a lot of places are struggling to get people to, to work in their business. Uh, you know, we, luckily, thank God, we don't have that problem. But they, they were dying to come back. Most of the people love to be around other people, mm-hmm. which is what we like. Because New Orleans is a people-friendly place, and, and all of the all of our guests are like, "Wow, you all are so friendly. Everyone's so friendly." And I think that's what we offer that maybe other places don't. If you go in a morning call, look at the menu. You see if you see some faces out there. Those are previous or prior employees. One of which, uh, right over the the area where we serve, is uh, Michael Short. They call him Wolfie, a Wolfman, and people who went to the Metairie store maybe remember him. He would work the the graveyard shift overnight, and he would howl like a wolf. <laughs> Middle of the night, and people are like drinking their coffee and looking around. Whoa, whoa, the wolf man! <laughs> but he was a he was a good guy, and he, he used to love to wear costumes when he got off of work. He would love to dress up. He'd sit by the cash register in an alien suit on one time, a big alien head, <laughs> and he was a cowboy, and he'd go through these themes and. He'd walk home, and I think the, I think some neighbors had had called the police on him. He got man, they got some crazy cowboy walking around Metairie, and the police knew him. He goes, "Oh, that's just Wolfie." They knew him. That's just Wolfie. So he was a he was a he was a good guy, but we have his picture up there. Uh-huh. So he's like, you know, just a lot of good people working there over the years. We're blessed, and and and, and the good thing about you know opening a new store with experienced people, it's like hitting the ground running. So you don't have this training phase. And it can be very difficult because not only the beignets, but the way we pour the coffee is very unique to morning call. So, Bob, 
explain why cafe au lait is a whole lot more than just a cup of coffee. Oh, without a doubt. Well, first of all, you have to have specialized pots that we've used, and you cannot buy them from a restaurant supply store. These things are handmade many, many years ago by people who were, were artists in stainless steel. And it's almost like a watering, like a, I guess like a watering can almost. Mm-hmm. One of the pots, we call them, has boiled milk in it. And then the other one has our, our proprietary coffee and chicory blend, which is very dark, strong. And the way that we brew the coffee is very unique as well. I'm always fascinated with the pouring that goes right. on because you really kind of have to pour simultaneously? Well, that's how we like to do it. Sometimes they don't have the upper body strength, and these pots can be quite heavy. So, so some of the ladies and a couple of the guys will pour one pot at a time. And you can still have the, the good result, but uh, to me, pouring them both simultaneously is just the way to go. And then we like to create like bubbles when you pour it. Just kind of releases all the good flavors, and it looks so good. The presentation is wonderful, and it's an art form. It really is, and people think it's easy. And um, and when you try to train someone, usually it's all over the counter. It's in the saucer. <laughs> so I mean, we've gotten pretty good actually. At the um, I think we had someone at the French market used to put a Coke bottle on the ground, and they could pour from waist height into a little opening in a Coke bottle. Show off. So it takes a little <laughs> it takes a little skill. And that's part of the whole show of Morning Call. People love to see the beignets being made, the coffee being brewed, the the coffee being poured. It's it's a show. But you must get some very odd reactions from out of towners from folks who perhaps are not familiar with the Cafe Olay and Beignets. I have to tell you that right. Once upon a time, this MD who has a great position here in town but isn't from here, he wanted to meet me for coffee one day. It was when you all were still in the park. I said, great, I'll see you at morning call. And we, st- we he's, he tried so hard to order something that you didn't have. <laughs> He'd say... I'll just have my coffee black. And they'd say, no, cafe au lait. Right, and he'd right. say, Americana. Like maybe they weren't <laughs> speaking English, you know? Right, and so right. it's unusual to have to train a customer a little right. bit, huh? Yeah, it is. But, you know, we will serve it to the customer black. But I usually ask him to sign a waiver first. <laughs> or, or at the very least, I, I do give him a sample. Or I'll ask him, have you had it here before? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other town is. And it's, sometimes men get real like macho. Oh, I can handle it and 99 percent of the time they can't handle it (laughs) but um, but we just give them a little taste and then either they'll say because it's very good but you have to like black strong coffee bob from the bottom of my heart i want to thank you not only for coming to talk with me today but just for giving the city the thing that we all love so much, that morning call yumminess. Thank you, Bob. Well, you're welcome. And, and I'd like to thank all of our loyal customers and all of our new customers that don't know about morning call. And one thing I just want to say is try all of the beignets out there and then decide who you like the best because there is a difference. Bob Hennessy, co-owner of Morning Call. 
The iconic donut shop is back open in their new home on the corner of Canal Boulevard and City Park Avenue in Mid-City. Coming up next, we meet Jacqueline Robinson of the Mobay Beignet Company. She credits the successful launch of her business to divine inspiration. Louisiana Eats returns after the break. Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with major support from Camellia Brand, Beans Done Right, a New Orleans tradition since 1923. Now inviting you to become a member of the Camellia Brand crew with their new box subscription program. Shipped quarterly to your door with up to 10 surprise ingredients inside, it's like having a Mardi Gras parade through your kitchen all year long. To learn how to become a member of the Camellia Brand crew, visit CamelliaBrand.com. Support also comes from Rouse's Markets, synonymous with seafood straight from Louisiana's waterways. Rouse's Markets tastes like home. And from Crystal Hot Sauce, made with three simple ingredients, aged red cayenne peppers, distilled white vinegar, and salt. Nothing artificial. Crystal Hot Sauce, how New Orleans does flavor. I'm Jacqueline Robinson. I'm the owner of Mo Baby Yay Company. To say divinity played a part in the birth of Mobay Beignet Company is an understatement. Mobay's founder, Jacqueline Robinson's faith, led her to open a beignet cafe she'd never considered an option before. Her own five children were big fans of her beignets, which she served with her homemade syrups instead of traditional powdered sugar. But a sign from God gave her the inspiration to bring her beignets to the world. With two Alabama locations and a diehard following, I couldn't wait to hear the story. Jacqueline, so you are our beignet ambassador in the great state of Alabama? Well, I, I, I don't know. You might can look at it like that. I uh, own Mo Bay Beignet Company, and it's the first beignet company of its kind in Alabama, in Mobile. So, yeah, you might can look at it that way. What makes your beignets special and different? My recipe is fantastic, and obviously I can't get too into that because, you know, that's, uh, that's my own special recipe. But they're made with a lot of love. I can tell you that. And um, quality, having the highest quality is, is huge to me. You know, the cafe, the beignets are made from scratch every batch, every day. Nothing's pre-made. Nothing is ever frozen. And the people who are buying my mix and making them at home, if they follow the directions, 
they're getting fantastic results. And they're like, these are great. This is turning out the way it does when I come to your cafe. And I think that's what people really want. How'd you get in the business? Because beignets are not an easy thing to make. No, they're not. And, you know, it's a pretty wild, crazy story. It wasn't something, it picked me, really. You know, I didn't pick it, it picked me. I was in my kitchen one day, probably about six years ago, and I was making some of my syrup, actually, some of my cinnamon syrup. And in that moment, I thought, man, this syrup would be really good on my beignets because I would make a beignets occasionally at the house. And that moment I was standing there making the syrup, I thought that the name Mobay Beignet Company just like dropped in me. I don't really know how to describe it. I like to call it like a download from heaven. <laughs> it was like, it just dropped in me. And I was like, Mobay Beignet Company, Mobay Beignet, Mobay Beignet. I was like, wow. And I remember looking at my husband going, Mobay Beignet Company. And he was like, huh? And I was like, I don't know. That was probably about six years ago. And I was a full-time photographer, mother of five. There was nothing in me that was thinking, I'm gonna open a beignet business. But that name kind of stayed on the back burner of my mind throughout the next five years. And it was in May of 2019 that I was walking out to my mailbox. And the same way that I heard Mobay Beignet Company, like out of the blue, I heard the word now. And somehow I knew, like in my mind, in my heart, that the word now and Mobay Beignet Company were connected because it was like that same experience, like, okay. <laughs> and so I took it to the Lord in prayer. I just took it to the Lord in prayer. And I was just like, what is this Mobay Beignet Company? Why do I feel like this is something I'm supposed to do? And what does that look like? Like, what are you, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I felt really led to package up my beignet recipe as like a mixed bag and to jar up my syrups and sell them together as a fundraiser to help send my daughter to college. And so my marketing background and photography background, I did what I do. And I, you know, I created a logo and came up with my labels and all of that. And back in, I think it was May or June, 2019, I posted on my Facebook page. I said, Hey, I'm starting this little business on the side, Mobay Beignet Company. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to try to sell this to raise money to send my daughter to school. And within 24 hours, a local market reached out to me and she, the owner said, Hey, I think I want these Mobay Beignet Company products on my shelf. I think they're going to be a hit. And I was like, well, I can sell them to you. I'm selling them as a fundraiser. I, I can sell you some and you can sell them. And uh, then it was just, it snowballed. We ended up in, you know, some different stores throughout Alabama. And uh, yeah, it took off from there. Once I was in the process of selling all of my, you know, my mixes and my syrups to stores and all, you know, I hit a crossroads. So I was like, well, okay, what's the next step? brick and mortar. I got to get a space. I, you know, that felt like the next thing I needed to do. So I went to downtown Mobile, walked around, stumbled upon this place that is stunning. It looks like something out of the French Quarter. It's this beautiful yellow building, 150 years old. It's just gorgeous. It had been a, like a boutique or something before. 
and it was empty and it just had a sign in the window that said for lease by owner for rent by owner and I called the number and talked to the owner and he was interested in having me come into his space he loved the idea of what it was I wanted to do but I knew that I needed to go to the planning department downtown and talk to them about the space tell them what I wanted to do with it and just you know get some more information so I went down and I talked to them and I became really discouraged. It was clear that it was going to have to be brought up to code because it was not, it, it had not been a restaurant prior. So there was a lot of changes that needed to take place, which basically just equals more time, more money. I was sitting in my car outside of Mardi Gras Park right there in downtown. I just left the building and I remembered sitting there thinking, you know, I thought this place was perfect, but man, I just don't know now. And so I just prayed and I said, Lord, is 451 Dolphin Street where you want Mobe Beignet Company to be? And I pulled out of my parking space. I pulled up to the light at Government Street and in front of me, the car right in front of me had a sticker on the back window and the only one sticker, an old sticker. And all it was, was the numbers four, five, one. <laughs> After I picked my jaw up and I gathered myself, I grabbed my phone and I took a picture of it, thankfully. And I sent it off to a friend. I was like, that's incredible. How often do you get a prayer answered that quick? Like, Lord, is 451 Dolphin Street where you want Mo Baby and Yay Company to be? And then I pull out of my parking space and there's a car in front of me that has the sticker 451 of all the number combinations in the world. I know. Of all the turns I could have taken, where that car could have went. That at that exact moment in time, we would enter. And I was like, I think I have to keep moving forward. Well, fast forward to February 2020, the week of my grand opening. A wonderful lady here in Mobile named Lynn Oldshoe. She has a page called Our Southern Souls. She interviews Mobilians and tells their story. So she wanted to come to the cafe and interview me about Mobe Beignet Company before our opening. So she did, and I told her the story about 451 in the car. And she included that in her story, and she put it on Facebook. Well, the story went viral, at oh. least through our community it did. And a, a woman from here in the community read it and saw about the part about 451 and she commented on the post and she said the sticker you saw on the back of that car the 451 sticker that was for fallen officer Steve Green he was killed in the line of duty seven years ago this week the week of your grand opening and she said it sounds like maybe the Lord is using you know officer Green to communicate to you that this is exactly where Mo Baby and Yay Company needs to be. And it was so meaningful to me personally because I was the photographer who photographed the funerals for our past two fallen officers, Officer Justin Billa and Officer Sean Tudor. That just meant a great deal to me. You know, so I reached out to Officer Green's um, widow and told her the story and asked her permission to share it. And she, of course, was like, yes, absolutely, please do. So on February 25th, 2020, the first Fat Tuesday for Mo Baby and Yay Company, it also would have been Officer Steve Green's 45th birthday. Our Fat Tuesday would have been that. And so I took that opportunity to share on Facebook, on our page, that 
You know, today may be Fat Tuesday, but it's another special day. You know, it would have been Officer Green's 45th birthday, and seven years ago he passed, but he's, I think he's standing guard. He's my own personal angel standing guard over Mo Bavignet Company here at 451 Dolphin Street. And uh, I just shared the story and honored him in that way. Then, of course, you know, that just, that went viral, and everybody, you know, just wanted to be a part of that story. Mayor Stimson, the mayor of Mobile, saw it, and he declared February 25th Beignet Day in the city of Mobile. And uh, so we have our own day, and it's really cool. He gave me a proclamation, and so every February 25th, we get to celebrate it being Beignet Day, but also it being Officer Green's birthday and our own little guardian angel at, you know, 451 Dolphin. So the rest was history. We got the ball rolling and then Auburn opened its doors and now hopefully there's some other ones on the horizon. So, well, this is just the most thrilling, exciting tale I've heard in the longest time. (laughs) I think so too. I love that I get to tell it. Congratulations. I'm so grateful to have heard about you and to have had this conversation. Thank you, Poppy. I'm thankful you wanted to talk to me. That was Jacqueline Robinson, founder of the Mobay Beignet Company. Lakefront Airport, amid a swath of warehouses sited between the Industrial Canal and Downman Road, there's a company specializing in dry ingredient blends and mixes. You may not have heard of them, but if you dine out or make groceries in New Orleans, there's a good chance you've tasted flavors produced at their plant. We probably make between three and seven hundred different formulas at any given time. We do boils, we do Lots of different flour blends, uh, biscuits, pancakes, fish fries, chicken fries, Creole seasonings, steak seasonings, pretty much anything you can imagine that's a dry blend we can probably do. Ross Robertson is the research and development chef at Gulf Coast Blenders, a company that has catered to restaurants and institutional food service for over 30 years. Whether they're creating all new flavor profiles or producing proprietary recipes in bulk, Gulf Coast Blenders plays an essential role in many a Crescent City commercial kitchen. We really are kind of a secret weapon for a majority of restaurants down here. For example, yesterday I was in the way out room helping them weigh out 10,000 pound batches of beignets. 10,000 pounds of beignet mix. How many beignets do you think that makes, chef? Probably around 30,000. <laughs> So that tells you how many places around here use our beignet mix. While it's not entirely clear how beignets were developed or where, there's no denying the importance of this fried fritter to the city of New Orleans. It may surprise you, as much as it did me, to learn that for decades, 
Gulf Coast Blenders has provided most of the city's famed beignet locations with a dry mix specially formulated for each customer's needs that results in a light, fluffy beignet that is the standard in this city. There's hardly a beignet that you take a bite into that doesn't actually have an origin right here uh, <laughs> off of Downman Road, huh? Yes, that is very correct. Taking us into the warehouse, Ross showed us how 10,000 pounds of beignet mix gets weighed, blended, and packaged. The first stop was the weigh-out room, which contained several pallets of dry ingredients. There, an employee was using scales to make precise measurements by hand. So back here, Tony keeps about 80% of all the ingredients that we have in bins. These pallets are all production projects ready to get blended and packed? Correct, and the way we do that is we break down the recipes so we have a number of 50 pound or 25 pound boxes that need to be added to the blend, and then anything else after that that is less than that, that's what Tony weighs out. Hi, Tony. Yeah, here's a, here's a beignet mix right here, so you can see 15 cases of flour. Tony doesn't need to weigh out that. Those are 15, 50 pound bags. But then she had to weigh out 28.8 pounds of flour, 48.7 pounds of dextrose, and go all the way on down. And then Robin Keenan put that in the blender and blend it up. In the next room, those hand-weighed ingredients were being blended into a machine so large that it wouldn't look out of place at a construction site. It looks like a cement blender. It really does. That's a 2,000 pound ribbon blender. It's got an auger that runs through the middle and it just constantly blends. So even when he's pulling the lever and filling a 50 pound bag, it's still continuing to mix that product so nothing settles to the bottom or settles to the top. So this, for, for example, is a, a full semi-truck load of flour. We go through this in about six days. All the equipment I have never seen before. Lastly, Ross took me to the hand pack room where employees were busy boxing up blends for shipment. Looks like they're actually working on uh, some beignet mix right now, packing uh, one pound boxes. Yesterday, we weighed out 11,000 pound batches of beignets. Woo! So that's what all of that is staging right there. The beignet business, it's very, very good for you all. <laughs> yes. Back in his office, Ross explained more about the company's relationship with the deep-fried treat. When people talked to me about the Gulf Coast Blenders business before L.H. Hayward acquired it, I know that you all are sort of known as the beignet gurus, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, the, even way before I started, everybody around here was using those beignets. But I've also been fortunate enough to do tastings with new customers here or at their restaurants or at other facilities to show off those beignets. And why do you think that beignets in particular are such an important thing for people to commissary? The biggest thing is the consistency. Uh, a beignet is a similar to a donut recipe, so it has your shortening and your leavening and some extra starches and things. And if you're mixing those by hand in a store or if you're a 
franchise that has a dozen stores, you want to make sure that it's consistent across every single store. That and then just the labor factor of we make just add water mixes. They're not having to add liquid egg, butter, shortening, anything else. You literally take our beignet mix, add water, put it in a mixer with a dough hook, roll it out according to the recipe, and you have a perfect beignet every time. So when it comes to beignet mix, do different businesses have it tooled slightly differently, or is that something they do on the back end? Some of them do. Some of them have their own proprietary blends that we formulate with them. We sign NDAs. We will not share their recipes with anybody else. And some use our house GCB beignet mix, and they could do some post-processing as well. What an interesting process. All the things that I'm sure most of us have never even thought of before. Thank you for this thought-provoking time here at Gulf Coast Blenders. Thank you. I appreciate it. Chef Ross Robertson, Research and Development Chef at Gulf Coast Blenders. As part of the L.H. Hayward Company, Gulf Coast Blenders is a supporter of Louisiana Eats. always sold in threes? Stay tuned, and we'll answer that question when we come right back. Poppy Tooker, and you're listening to Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Louisiana Eats is brought to you with support from Louisiana Fish Fry, breadings, boils, new air fry mixes, and more classic Louisiana dishes available everywhere. Dig into homemade Louisiana flavor. And from the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, located 40 minutes north of New Orleans French Quarter along the shores of Lake Pontchartrain. The delicious Tammany taste culinary scene and an abundance of soft adventure attractions are among the many reasons to love the North Shore's charming communities. Find details on upcoming events, itinerary suggestions, and more at louisiananorthshore.com. Here's this week's culinary quiz question, brought to you with support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Why are beignets always sold in threes? This is a question I've been asked countless times. And back in 2019, when I was working on an article for Biz Magazine about the ubiquitous donut, I posed that question to Jay Roman, 
third generation of Café du Monde's Fernandez family. J. Roman's grandfather, Hubert Fernandez, purchased the original French market Café du Monde stand in 1942. Interestingly, at the time, Jay said those delicious powdered sugar-coated treats were commonly called French market donuts. He credits his grandfather with rebranding them as beignets, an effort Hubert began in 1958. No matter what you call them, an order always consisted of three beignets. Roman's explanation, I quote, my grandfather always sold them in threes, so that's what we still do today. If you have a better answer, please let me know. You can always reach me at poppy at poppytooker.com. And for the record, no matter how many are in a serving, beignets make for some good Louisiana Eats. My name is Bernard Stolberg, and we are at The Vintage in New Orleans. Located in both Baton Rouge and the Big Easy, The Vintage is a restaurant and cafe that has built its entire concept around beignets. You heard me. From morning coffee and beignets to late evening champagne and beignets, The Vintage offers fancy fried dough as well as other menu items, in a warm, inviting atmosphere. We joined owner Bernard Stolberg at his Magazine Street eatery on a rainy spring day to learn more. So uh, my former business partner and I, um, Paul McGoey, actually had always thought about creating a concept that was more than just coffee, but a place that can be unique about the atmosphere and the experience and something that is comfortable and a home away from home. And that was what we did with the vintage. We created an atmosphere that is kind of a, a happy place, um, a happy spot, a great location on magazine that you can see the traffic and you can people watch. But as you said, you can come in the morning if you want your artisan coffee and your specialty brews, or you can go straight to the bubbles if you like. Um, and we wanted to have a niche product, the beignet. It is kind of like a symbol of New Orleans. It's a symbol of Louisiana. It's a symbol of who we are. And I think anything that's authentic, people respect and people love. Plus, the most important thing is it's fun. A beignet is fun. It's sweet. It can be savory. And... There is something when you all celebrate and have multiple beignets that we can all enjoy. It's almost like the beignet has given you a blank surface to play with, like um, a piece of New Orleans poor boy bread might. Correct. We had always played around with the beignets, with filling them and making them fancy and doing them a little bit unique. And then we metamorphose into this cafe 
And then in the afternoon, you'll have, you know, a happy hour with a glass of wine and then right into kind of a late night stop for either dessert or for bites. So it's it's been kind of a natural, organic type of evolution. And New Orleans certainly responded. Yes, they have. And the response here was strong enough so that you actually expanded to Baton Rouge and you have and there is a vintage also in Baton Rouge now, correct? Correct. We have the vintage downtown. It's on the corner of Laurel and Third, uh, in the Commerce Building. Uh, and you know, they have kind of unique, different feels, but at the same time, they're both very comfortable and it's about creating a vibe. I'm fascinated that you all believed you could build an entire concept around the beignet because I'm not really aware of any other businesses that took the beignet as a concept and built on it. Your approach to the beignet is far beyond just a little fried dough and powdered sugar, right? Correct. Um, With our fancy beignets, um, we've kind of tried to do a little bit of everything. We are doing kind of a throwback to the McKinsey era where we have the raspberry filling with the powdered sugar and you would think you're eating a McKinsey donut or a tasty donut. Um, And then we do a little savory with right now we're featuring pear and brie kind of mixed in with that. So it's a wide range. Um, Matcha has been very incredibly uh, popular But we look for things and trends in the area and also from food and beverage, you know, across the country and the world and say, how does that, could that be replicated in a beignet? Um, But we do have our regular beignets that, you know, are true to New Orleans, right? Um, We can do them in small bites. We can do them in large format. And then we can stuff them, of course. So what I think is undeniable is that A beignet is not just a fried piece of dough. It's really something that is a little tricky to execute, isn't it? It takes a a bit of artistic feeling to get it right. It it is scientific, as most bakers will talk about. And it, it does take practice. So we went through several different mixes. Uh, we have a, a great partner that works with us, Gulf Coast Blending. Um, we went through a lot of research and development to develop that. A lot of trial, a lot of error, a lot of tasting, and a lot of pounds were put on in uh, putting that together. But we felt it was important to get the mix right because even when you're executing it, you can have the perfect combination of the flour and your ingredients, which I wish I could tell secrets and relay some of the proprietary ingredients in the flour. Um, but we try to at least keep it separate. Um, but then that all comes together with actually executing it because you know, you need to get it at the right temperature. You need to let it rise. You need to then roll it out to the exact thickness. And those components can be tricky enough to begin with. So that's why, you know, we do use a proprietary mix. So Bernard, did you all always believe that the vintage was a concept that you were going to be able to multiply? Was that your intention from day one? It was... 
it was in the back of our minds. Uh, but, you know, what we do in the hospitality world and what we wanted to do is just put everything that we had, kind of put your head down and make it work. Um, and that's what we did. We loved the concept. And I think out of that passion came the ability of and the response from New Orleans, uh, both locals and also visitors, was that it could go on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you see the beignet getting more and more popular now. Uh, there's some big national people that are throwing the beignet out there. Um, of course, we like to say that we're independent, small, and always do it better. Um, but I think that it's a specialty that can be replicated and go far. Well, you have decided that your product is so special. I understand that you're working with Gulf Coast Blenders on a retail side to your business. Correct. We've had some very successful uh, beignets and specialty beignets. Uh, The King Cake beignet was extremely successful. Um, Even the, the natural Bavarian cream one that we do, as well as the s'mores beignet. Um, But it started really with the king cake beignet. And, of course, we all know how popular it is to ship king cakes across the country. And we started getting tons of requests to ship the king cake beignet. You can't ship a beignet. (laughs) Did you try? I actually tried a couple of times to ship one to myself with, without, ingredients on the side, ingredients, and it was, it was not good. So then that just brought us to the point of, well, if we can't ship a beignet, let's just take our proprietary mix in our flour and ship that with the instructions on how to do it. Are there other projects like that that you are working on? How are you dreaming on this one? Uh, I would love to be able to be accessible mainstream and in, you know, grocery stores. Uh, We will look online to some other outlets that are very popular with restaurants right now, whether that be Gold Belly or another type of subscription to where we can do beignets on a monthly basis. We can add on our uh, proprietary uh, coffee roast beans, and, and there's a lot of different angles we can approach. And, and I think that's important now to be able to create a concept and be able to have your restaurant, cafe, or whatever it may be, to be able to reach a house or a home that may not always be accessible due to a pandemic of sorts. Well, Bernard, this was such a pleasure to get to meet you here at the Vintage in your charming little patio on this rainy day. (laughs) And also to learn and understand how important the beignet can really be. It is. And we love it. And I think everybody in New Orleans loves it. And then hopefully people across the country are going to be loving it. Um, If they can't get to New Orleans... Hopefully we can get it to them, or hopefully we'll see them soon at the Vintage in New Orleans or in Baton Rouge.
Bernard Stolberg, owner of The Vintage, with two locations in Louisiana. That's it for this week's edition of Louisiana Eats, edible content for Louisiana food lovers. Catch up on previous editions of Louisiana Eats on poppytooker.com, where we have 10 years of Louisiana Eats editions available for pod and webcasting, along with recipes and cooking class videos, too. If you like our show, please rate it on your preferred podcast platform. Louisiana Eats is made possible with major support from Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, Louisiana Fish Fry, Camellia Brand Beans, Crystal Hot Sauce, Rouse's Markets, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission, and from D'Agostino Pasta. Handcrafted in Louisiana from semolina wheat and air-dried over rods in wooden cellars, D'Agostino Pasta is made just as it's been done in Sicily, four centuries. Visit D'AgostinoPasta.com to learn more. Support for Louisiana Eats also comes from Gulf Coast Blenders. For more than 30 years, Gulf Coast Blenders has produced custom spice and dry blends for restaurant concepts across the country. Gulf Coast Blenders, dry ingredient blends with New Orleans roots. To learn more, visit gulfcoastblenders.com. Original theme music composed by David Pomerleau and performed by Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. Big thanks to senior producer Joe Schreiner, producer and special projects manager Reggie Morris, and producer Blake Longlinay. And to our business manager and social media maven, Maddie Mulladew. Catch up with us anytime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Louisiana Eats is a production of Poppy Tooker Broadcasting.